All right, Nathaniel, welcome back. How's it going? What's new? I'm doing well. It's a nice day here. I'm uh, it's my weekend, so feeling good. You so you're oh yeah, because you're off on on tomorrow. Yeah, through I don't work again till Monday, so I've got four days off here. Woo woo. So you, what are you planning to do with it? Might go for a hike today. Friend's birthday is coming up Saturday. Some stuff like that. Awesome. Also some adult stuff, you know, stupid errands and whatnot. But, uh. <laughs> got a nice little Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> um, How about yourself? What do you got going on? Yeah, this weekend we're headed to my to San Angelo, which is where my cousin uh, is gradu- My cousin is graduating high school, my, my last cousin. So we're going to go celebrate with, with them and uh, take all the kids and everything. We have a little house uh, on the river, so we'll get to fish and, you know, do a lot of that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm excited yeah, about that. Sounds great. Yeah, it should that be fun. fantastic. Those things, it's always like a lot of work, but uh, it, sh- it should also be a lot of fun too. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. A lot of logistics, I imagine. Yeah. So uh, how about with cards? What's new What's new there? You buying or, or selling anything interesting? Uh, some of both. Uh, I decided, despite my fandom of both uh, Jokic and Jimmy Butler, I decided there's probably no better opportunity to sell a couple of those cards. So I sold, it still makes me a little bit sad, but I sold my Jokic rookie auto that I had um, for a great price. Um, And I was always a little bit ambivalent about it because it was a sticker auto and kind of a weird, I don't know, it was weird in a lot of ways. Um, And I got it for a great price. So anyway, made big old profit on that guy and then sold a Jimmy Butler gold standard, uh, 2012 rookie auto and RPA, I guess. Um, also for a significant profit that on the other hand is a beautiful card and, um, felt a little bit sad to part with it. But also I think, you know, two months from now I can buy it for roughly what I did before if I'd like. So, uh, I think it was smart. Yeah, that's awesome. So two two big sales, both of them with with decent with not decent but good profit, huh? Yeah, well, so, and I sold a Bam out of bio card that I bought for like fifteen bucks for fifty bucks, and anyway, so I'm uh, leveraging the playoffs well at the moment. So look at you, that's yeah. It. You know, we've talked to we or at least it's on our like potential topics list to have a flipping challenge, and I I feel pretty confident you would just smoke me. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Some of it is just like patience, though, because I've had these cards for a long time. So in a flipping challenge, I don't know if this stuff would work. Um, but anyway, yeah, maybe I'd smoke you. I'd like to think I'd smoke you. I, well, I know for sure you're looking at more cards more often than I am. I, I think that's almost a given. Um, and in terms of buying, I speaking of mislisting, I um, maybe like five days ago, I, I bought a 97 Finest Jordan Refractor. That was very poorly listed by my friend, Mr. Probstein. Um, <laughs> so anyway, then that led to, you know, we've talked about this. That led leads to a whole slippery slope of me buying other stuff that hopefully can mitigate the price of the original card a little bit. But anyway, so I've got a big old fairly expensive seven card uh, order that I just finalized last night. So that's mostly what I've been doing. Oh, that's exciting. We talked a little bit about that. I I tapped into my inner my inner Nathaniel this weekend also or this week also, and I I won an, an auction and I decided to check the sellers other uh, other items and ended up picking up a, another one. Not not seven cards and I you know I don't think that any of the cards were 
as probably as cool or anything as the ones that you got but i definitely like was able to find another one that i that i won for a price that i was happy with and combined the shipping so it was nice you know for a 30 dollar card to go from six dollar shipping to one one dollar is a that makes a difference you know yeah i think on these uh you know especially when you're talking items less than fifty dollars i think it it makes a substantial difference so yeah but it's slippery slope too so I can see the pros of just locking in your order and not not adding and adding and adding to it, but uh, <laughs> me and Probstein have a special thing. So well, with this with this particular seller, I actually like looked for the next couple of days, and I didn't see. I mean, you couldn't do that with Probstein. There's just too many listings. But for this for this one, I was able to scroll. You know, for the next couple of days, didn't see much that really caught my eye. So I was able to finalize it then and close it out and not end up with a bunch of stuff that I, you know, I felt obligated to like bid on just, just for that. But I was happy to combine the shipping and it definitely made me think of you. That's awesome. Going back. Should we, uh, let's talk about the gold standard thing real quick. While yeah, we're here. exactly. That's what I wanted to go back to also. So you mentioned that the, the Jimmy that you sold was uh, really nice. And I agree. Like you sent, you sent a picture of it, uh, to, to John and I it was really, really nice. And, uh, yeah, you, you, so you wanted to know like what the rough, um, print run was of that, right? Yeah, and I knew your your mad skills with that department, so I figured, and I, I looked a little bit at the, you know, the little, like, sell sheet thing describing the product, and I was like, oh, this is one Keith will be able to nail. Um, yeah. So that it, was my thinking. It actually ended up being relatively s- simple, and, you know, I'm not going to say that this is 100%, like, accurate, but I feel extremely confident that we're right in the ballpark, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, like, exactly what we ended up with. And uh, it was, the, the calculation was itself was actually relatively simple. So it was, like, the, the box of 2012 gold standard contains four autos and one memorabilia, right? The, um, the rookie autos, like the Jimmy Butler that you had, is considered an auto, and then there's a separate memorabilia, like, only per box. And what I after like looking through this the checklist and everything, I I learned that all of the memorabilia's were serial numbered. So with that, we could determine exactly how many boxes there were. With you know, I'm sure that there's a couple of exceptions where two two memorabilia's end up in a box or something like that. But what, but right. whatever. So uh, came out with the exact number of boxes there were, and then just kind of deduced from there. Like took all of the um autos right using their serial numbered print runs and everything and then tried to find the gap and the only one the the only set that had autos that did not that was not serial numbered was the rookie auto memorabilia so it was pretty easy from there to figure it out and we came up with about 500 yeah which is more than i would have expected i i was sort of hoping to learn that they were super rare but at the same time like different years of gold standard have you know they number them but then there's like four different versions of it with all like, you know, 999, 199, all these things. So actually there's probably fewer this year than than any other year of gold standard, but it was just it was more than I expected. Yeah, it's a funny it's a funny trick they the card companies play or Panini and well Tops does it too. It's a funny trick they play, right? Where it's like, yeah, you got this auto numbered to fifty, but it's it's the blue parallel. And if you add up all the parallels and autos like really there's not much different about the card itself except for that it's that it's blue right or red or whatever right, right. but if you add up all of those autos for that particular you know set or insert set or whatever it's probably in most cases the primary like auto like pool in that box is going to be more than 500 i would bet yeah i think so and yeah i really i really like all years of gold standard it's at various points i've owned several of them and i always end up selling them for some reason just because 
same kind of thing happens. Like I had a Brandon Ingram, and then the stuff happened with them last year in the playoffs, and I was just like, well, I gotta gotta take this profit. But anyway, I do like it's kind of my go-to for the older, not older, but you know, like players from you know six to twelve years ago. I I look at gold standard because I just think it's some nice looking stuff. Well, I'll tell you, like I said, you, you know, I haven't seen it in person or anything, but you sent the pictures to us, and I thought, I agree, I think it's, it's a beautiful card. Yeah. You got to get a, yourself a Dennis Smith Jr. or something. <laughs> yeah. I remember, the one, well, I remember a lot about it, but one thing I remember the most is, like, his first game, they ran a play for him uh, pretty much off the, dump, off the jump, and it was, uh, like, an alley-oop, and it was a big dunk and stuff. It was a really cool, like, way to introduce a player to the fan base, you know, in this first first NBA game. That's awesome. I was randomly, because of my uh, little Probstein connection yesterday, I was watching a Dennis Smith Jr. auction, actually. I didn't buy it, but I, I was like, what am I? <laughs> That's a moment when you've got to reflect on what you're doing with your life. You know what's in- interesting? Like, he, he uh, and you know, like, I've said this now a hundred times on the podcast, but like, you know, advanced defensive metrics are kind of tough. Um, but, you know, he had some of the, uh, for a guard, had one of the best, like, defensive box plus minus in the entire league this year. Yeah, he really reinvented himself in a way that seems like he's going to continue to be an NBA player. It's yeah. really cool. Seems like it. I, I'm, I'm happy for him because there was a time when it seemed like he was going to be out of the league. So for some great. reason, I can't. Right now, I'm blanking on what team he plays for. Hornets. Hornets now Hornets, okay. was the Knicks. Yeah. yeah. I remember the Knicks era, but yeah, the Hornets, for a lot of reasons, were <laughs> forgettable or not memorable this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I'll tell you, uh, so when I was on eBay the other day poking around and I, I found the seller who had this like 1969 West Unselled rookie and another card, which is a, a Robert Swift. Uh, was it, I think it was a pet, um, was it an auto? Just, just an auto, but not, not a patch. An auto, yeah. And uh, so my buddy that I had on the pod a while ago when I was doing the VBA thing, Pat, he uh he's from Washington State and uh we, we back when we were when we met like was around the Robert Swift era <laughs> and we had a we had a good time talking about him for for a long time so I I uh, sent a message to that seller and he was he gave me a great deal yeah I mean from what I hear the seller is one of the best out there <laughs> yeah so uh, I'm talking about you I, I really <laughs> do appreciate it I got the unsold in yesterday it looks really cool it's I. I made a post about it, but it's it's a couple of firsts for me. Like one is I've never owned a '69 tops or any any. Honestly, I've never owned any vintage card that's other than regular sized, right? So I've never owned a tall boy anything or anything like that. Uh, so that was really cool. And also, uh, I think West Unsell is a pretty interesting story. One, uh, well, the the big the biggest one is winning MVP and Rookie of the Year in the same year is pretty. Uh, yeah. pretty it's only astounding. happened twice, right? I don't. I can't imagine it's happened since then, um, but but I know I don't. But I can't say for sure. It's only happened twice. What I can say is he he was the second person to do it. Wilt was the first. But I don't I'm, think I'm it's pretty happened confident. Since then. But I, yeah, I guess I'm not a hundred percent. But I'm pretty confident that was it. Yeah. So I I was uh I was really happy with that. And again, thank you very much. So it was a a cool deal. It was really yeah. cool to get in. And I can't wait to hear uh, when Pat when Pat opens his because he nice. doesn't really have any idea that it's coming yet either. So. It should be fun. Well, and as a Upper Deck fan, I need to mention it's not just a Robert Swift autograph. It's an exquisite collection Robert Swift autograph. So yes, it is. You, you undersold it. Yeah, I uh, 
I'm excited. It looked really cool. I'm, I'm pretty. Yeah, it was good. He strangely like maybe he was supposed to, but he signed right where it says exquisite. So it's like kind of really hard to see the autograph. Actually, I, I, it's an interesting way it was signed. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's really cool. I'm a little bit worried because we did all this stuff plain white envelope, and those exquisite cards are really thick. So I hope it's not lost somewhere because it's probably pushing my luck on how how thick a, a plain white envelope card is supposed to be. Well, I'm I. I I can empathize, but I will tell you as the, the, the buyer, I'm not that concerned with it. I, I mean, I hope it, I hope everything works out fine, but if for some reason it doesn't, uh, like I'm okay. But if, <laughs> but if yeah. you, you don't feel that way, let me know and I can uh, maybe further compensate you if needed or whatever. Oh, but, no, not, not worried about that at all, but I just don't want it to be lost in the ether somewhere. I did put your address as the return address, so maybe you'll end up with it. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, well, thank again. Thanks a lot for that. I thought it was I thought it was really cool, both for me and and it's and it's fun to uh, you know send stuff to other folks sometimes. Um, yeah. So agreed. Really appreciate it. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, do you want to get into our, our main topic today? Yeah. Let's do it. So a couple of weeks ago, I think it was on the fifth of May. Uh, we, you, me, and John had a conversation, and there was a, a thing that came out of that, which was uh, basically just a question that was sort of thrown out there. Is like, are, I think the question at the time was like, are kabooms the next jambalaya? And and not so much from a like, hey, look, we're just discovering kabooms or whatever. But the question is more like, is there anything from today that that is an insert that could kind of match the sort of iconic type inserts of the '90s? And when we look back 20 years from now, will there will there be any of those inserts that aren't necessarily autos, that aren't necessarily memorabilia or whatever that people are still are that are still like highly collectible and uh, people still love? And uh, we both of us, you and I, did a bunch of work to kind of think about like what those are and everything. And and I'll tell you, like we've talked about a lot of the 90s stuff, but I I don't have like that. Like obviously, you have way more uh, knowledge, a, a better knowledge base on that stuff than I do. So do you want to like maybe? run through some of the top inserts uh, from the 90s that yeah. you know we're going to be t- kind of talking about and comparing to? Yeah, so there's kind of different categories as I see it. There's iconic ones that are not actually very rare. And then there's ones like you mentioned Jambalaya that are, you know, that one's one in 720 packs or whatever. So there's kind of different levels to it. So obviously when you think 90s, you think like Beam Team, that was kind of the first chase insert set was one in 36 packs which then was like ooh, that's so scarce um and then the next year in 93 was scoring kings it's probably i don't know that's maybe the insert set of the 90s in a lot of ways with the lightning bolt and it was a big set list and then so lots of ones like that um then you get to 96 and there's autographics was kind of the first not the first pack pulled autographs but the first like major you know like set with a bunch of names of pack pulled autographs um so, and then we get to the more uh, kind of niche, goofy. When you think 90s, you think things like Dunkin' Go Nuts. So that's another one I would say is is quite uh, memorable from the 90s. Then there's, uh, in 99, there was Incredible. So that's the first that I know of, at least first, like, veteran autographs. So you've got Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell. And as it happens, uh, Wilt Chamberlain died fairly soon after that. So that that sets rather remarkable in having a pack-pulled on-card Wilt Chamberlain autograph. So those are the ones that are more, you know, like, one-a-box kind of thing or close to it. And then then there's the really rare ones that are have probably, in this Kaboom discussion, they're more analogous with it. So there's stuff like from 96, a cut above. It's got the big die cut of a 
table saw kind of thing, um, foil, shiny finish to it. There's big men on court with the die cut kind of almost looks like graffiti writing of big men on the court in the background. 97, we get, of course, Jambalaya. Then there's a couple years, there's Platinum Portraits and uh, what's the other one called? Heavy Metal Fusion. They're the ones that kind of have a portrait of the player with uh, laser cut dots making yeah. their image. Uh, those are really awesome. Then um, probably the rarest of all these is the 97 game jerseys. So that was the first year with the, I, I think it's the first year with game used jerseys put into packs. And, and there's of course the, uh, a very few of those with Michael Jordan's autograph. I think 23 of those were made. Yep. Um, yeah. So there's a Playmakers Theater, Slam Bams were a few that came right at the end of the 90s that were serial numbered to 100. So for that reason, they're also very desired because that wasn't common for insert sets in the 90s to be serial numbered. There was, starting in 97, some of the parallels had serial numbers, but uh, not a whole lot of inserts that way. So for me, you know, that, those are, that's not all the ones I listed, but those are some of the really iconic inserts from the 90s. And I have different opinions about different ones of those, but those are kind of where you would start. Yeah. So, so going back to the the less the less rare ones, there's a few that I I really like. Um, actually, quite a, quite a bit that I really like, and they're and they're pretty. Com- I mean, not not common, but pretty well known. Um, but you know, like I said, I, in in the for me in the '90s, I wasn't really collecting basketball. I mean, every now and then, but certainly not um, with any consistency. I was big, way bigger into baseball at, at that time. Um, can, I, can I ask just because this kind of thing interests me? Which ones? Which ones do you really like from the more common ones? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I do. I mean, Beam Team, yes. Scoring Kings, uh, intense. Hot. I do like the ninety-five hot numbers. Also, the the lenticular. Yeah. I saw, and some of this has um, grown on me since. Uh, and I'll tell you what. Well, okay, I'll, I'll finish that point and then I'll then I'll make another one. So some of this has grown on me as I've been able to see more and more. Like I've I've said before, I don't really go to card shops that often, and most of the ones that I have around me are like relatively small, and uh, you know you just don't see these things in in, in those shops like that often. Yeah, um, yeah. But the more and more I get to go to the Dallas Card Show, which is pretty big, if I'm able to spend any time and move past the tables and tables and tables of, you know, Luka Doncic base prisms or whatever, right. then every once in a while I get to see something like a Duncan Go Nuts. And uh, that, one partic- that one in particular, I was very out on the first time we talked about it. And I saw it in person uh, and it was it was pretty neat. I Yeah, I, I think a lot of these acetate cards do not look very good in pictures and and they look awesome in real life in my opinion yeah yeah that was definitely an example of that so i I don't know that i would put it at the top of my my personal list but i've definitely uh have have developed more of an appreciation for it and i can see why why people like it but probably those four that i mentioned like intense and hot numbers i really like scoring kings and beam team i like a lot too and then um even like those planet medals i think are pretty cool so yeah i love the planet medals might be my favorite on this list of the more common ones, especially the 98 one with the like die cut glowing yeah. planet thing in the background. Yeah, that's pretty neat. So, And then as far as the, the more rare ones, um, the one I really want to see in person, like some of these I don't actually love, but but like the, you didn't talk about it, but you listed like the Ultra Star Power Supreme. That, that one seems kind of cool to me. Uh, but the ones I would love to see in person are those platinum portraits and the heavy metal fusion, those kind of dot, dot portrait ones. Yeah. The I owned briefly a heavy metal fusion of some random player that I sold 
just because it, you know, it was probably another Probstein situation. It's really awesome. You hold it up to the light and you see the portrait um, glowing through it. Yeah, it's really cool. And kind of like for a 90s card, pretty classy too, instead of just being like, bam, all the colors and all the light. Yeah. Um, it's more of a, a little bit more subdued. Yeah, I, I um, well, not having seen them or held one, I, I can say like of, of all of those, those are the ones that kind of interest me the most. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see the Star Power Supreme because it's, it looks pretty cool in the picture, but it's an acetate card, so I imagine it looks even cooler if you were able to, you know, see it with light behind it instead of whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I, I think so too. This, that, that's why that one interests me some. Um, but, but some of this, like Intimidation Nation, isn't that appealing to me. Playmakers Theater seems kind of. I mean, I, I, it's like ornate, which is cool, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's rare that that's cool, but uh, the eye appeal to me just isn't. It's not like bad or anything. I don't hate it, but it's just not something yeah. that like immediately thinks I, I think I need to go get it right. Yeah, I think some of the kitschy ones I like more than you. So like big men on court, I think that that's just really awesome. But uh, you know, yeah, they're 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 unique for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely one of the cool things about it. So you you we've hit on some of this, but um, what do you think like makes those? uh you know collect highly collectible iconic like whatever whatever words we want to use like is it is it just the rarity is it is it that michael jordan is in it is it something else like what what are how would you like kind of break that down yeah i honestly do think a lot of it is whether or not michael jordan was in a set when you when you look back there are other awesome inserts that have been mostly forgotten because the search for the michael jordan card makes the set famous so I do think that's a good point that you bring up that, that we hadn't discussed, but I, that's a lot of it. Um, I tried to like kind of see if I could uh, determine what attributes of the cards are most common to see if that has anything to do with it. So I'd say the most common attribute they have is being die cut. I think that was a bigger thing in the 90s, but a lot of these cards are um, die cut. So that seems to be a theme. Um, a couple of them are lenticular, a few of them are acetate, a lot of them are foil, so I don't know what to take from that. It's kind of, you know, those things can work on cards, and, and but they can work other ways too, so I don't think that it's solely based on that. One thing I, I thought about that we discussed yesterday is um, none of these cards are chromium that we're talking about. Yeah. So Finest, Topps Chrome, those were huge things in the 90s, but they... Almost immediately, you know, 93 Finest was the first year, and it had the refractor, and that was very popular. So I don't know if it's, you can't do the ornate wild designs with chrome, or it's just that right away the popularity of the parallels pushed it in that direction. But when you think of Finest and Topps Chrome, I can't think of any insert sets that you think about. And it's interesting how that's continued. We're going to talk about it, but that's continued with... Uh, prism and optic and select you don't you don't think about uh inserts when you think about those sets you only particularly like prism and optic just actually have very undesirable uh insert sets so um i think that's interesting yeah the, um the, sorry I, go ahead yeah i mean I, I agree with that like so i um i was looking at a lot of kind of ultra modern sets that we'll, we'll kind of compare to here in a second or used to compare to these 91s in a second 90s ones in a second but um that's one thing that i that i kind of came up with also like prism optic select mosaic with with maybe one exception 
don't have very desirable like insert sets um and and also i'm not really sure like i know that they're they are popular but i'm i'm not like even that and we're not talking about autos and stuff but i'm not even that interested in most of the autos in those sets either so it's like all about yeah. the parallels and I, i've yeah. heard obviously you've heard people say that and but it's like it's almost astounding like how true it actually is uh yeah. and no, I, I really a lot of time like wouldn't you rather have a base gold prism than the autograph gold prism I, I i think those are more valuable i, I don't know about I, I i don't think i could like without looking it up i don't know that i could say that there are are more valuable but uh that wouldn't surprise me and i think i i probably would especially if, it, if it's a sticker auto which most of those are right all of them are yeah um yeah i've bought a couple wnba gold prism autograph cards recently and and I wish that they were the base card. I, I really do. I mean, I think they were. I actually do think they were cheaper because they were the sticker autograph version. Yeah. Um, anyway, one other. So what I there's a couple things that I take from this, but I, I think more than the whether they're die cut or whatever. I think the novelty of the '90s cards is is probably a lot of what gives them value, as well as the Jordan thing. So like Beam Team, that was the first Chase insert set. Autographics, that was the first major set with autographs. Incredible, had the veteran autos and, and Wilt and whatnot. Game jerseys, that was the first um, pack-pulled game-used jersey. Things like uh, Jambalaya, that's the first uh, incredible long odds of an insert set. You know, the first like real big chase like that. So I, I just think a lot of it, you know, I, I'm always pro these 90s cards over Panini, but... I don't think there's anything Panini can do about the fact that they're never going to be the first whatever of what they're doing with insert sets. And maybe they can blaze some new frontier, but it's hard to imagine with a, a little piece of uh, cardboard that there's a whole lot more you can do. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I, I think some of it is just like, uh, you know, all this, you know, there were cards since the, you know, 1800s or whatever. So it was a lot of innovation that happened in the 90s. But um, so you got to give them credit for that. But I don't know that it's Panini's fault that they can't have the first awesome looking die cut card because that already existed. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's pretty, it's pretty tough. And like, you know, I don't know how much, like you said, I don't know how much more like printing. So some of that I think is, some of that is innovation in terms of like adding the jerseys and the autographs, right? Just in terms of like the logistics of getting autographs or the cards sent out to players to sign and then getting them back or however they, however they do it. I, I really don't know, but and then some of it is like printing um, innovations too. Like you mentioned Chromium, like none of the cards we're talking about are, but like Lenticular and Foil and Acetate, right? Like all of those were like pretty new in, in that time or either pretty new or the first of its kind, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I obviously like not being an expert on uh, <laughs> printing, I, I have no idea what new technologies there are, but I would imagine we've... Uh, you know, nearly tap that out. So I, I think that's a that's a great uh, that's a great point. Like the the novelty of some of these things, like being the first, is something that just can't be matched again, right? Unless there is something new that we haven't thought of or don't don't know about. Yeah, I mean, and should I talk about the other big thing? I think is different, or should we talk about the um, modern? You know, the kabooms and downtowns and whatnot first. Um. I don't know. I guess I'll uh, I'll I'll offer that to you. What you you choose? Okay. Well, I guess I'll, since I already broached it, I think a big difference. We're going to talk about kabooms and downtowns and blank slates and auroras and all these kind of case hits. Uh, but I think when I was thinking about it, one of the huge differences 
between 90s inserts and modern inserts. And I don't know that one is better or not, but these were basically one-hit wonders in the 90s. Like, there's there were some, like, latter-day jambalayas that they tried to take advantage of the popularity of the first one. But in general, when you think jambalaya, you're just thinking 1997. Uh, when you're thinking Beam Team, I think there were some other ones made, but you're thinking 92. There was just the one scoring kings with the lightning bolts. There was, uh, you know, there was just the one big man on the court that looks like that. There's another year that's entirely different. But um, in general, like these di designs are distinct and one-off. And I think that, you know, so maybe there were more jambalayas printed than um, 2017 Kabooms. But when you're thinking Kaboom of Steph Curry, you've got, you know, I don't know, at this point, I think they started in, what, 2013? So you've got 10 years of Steph Curry kabooms you could choose from. Yeah. Um, so I don't, and I don't, in some ways it's weird to me that they didn't do, like, an ongoing run of these things with how popular they were. But I think some of it is they were retroactively popular. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I think that's a big difference, is that these things are basically one-hit wonders, at least in terms of what's considered the iconic version of it. Um, and that's not the case for, for these sets we're about to talk about. Yeah, so it, it's funny. I actually um, went and looked at the, the set list and put, put a little table together just for my own like knowledge base, but I think that's an excellent point. There's seven Steph Curry Kabooms, and while there has been some, some d design changes right since, since 2013 or, or whatever, uh, they're more or less like pretty similar. And especially with Steph, like same, you know, same team Jersey and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, it just makes it, um, I don't, I don't even, well, it might not even be true that it's more attainable, but, uh, but certainly the fact that a lot of these nineties cards were only in one, maybe two years. Um, like I actually put some of that information in our little sheet here, like intense, right. It's the only year of that hot numbers. There was two years. Um, and then, and then, like you said, a big gap and then they, they tried it again. Hot shots was the only year couple years of planet metal but not not many dunk and go nuts only it was the only year and so on right i think that's a that's an excellent point it's something that it, it's like both the innovation and the uh well i guess it goes to novelty if i if i had to put it in a group like it's it's yeah, not only is novelty some, yeah and just creativity to keep like reinventing um uh, what a chase insert set might look like i don't know i i just feel like there's less of that increasingly with panini um you know we basically have the prism formula figured out we just add a few new crappy parallels to be able to increase the print run every year add to the number of the set to be able to increase the print run but in general there's not a whole lot of innovation going on it doesn't feel like at least yeah and i just want to go back to another point of yours too like the, uh, the, the fact that some of these could be kind of retroactively um, popular. I, so I was on, I think it was Baseball Cardopedia, which I, I have never used before. But as I was kind of thinking about our conversation today, I was on there like looking at a few things like what exactly, like how exactly do you describe a Chromium, Chromium card, for instance, right? And and what, what how is that different than foil? Like obviously it is, I'm sure most listeners like know instinctively what that is but i wanted to know like technically what the difference was yeah and so i was like looking it up and it, it said something to the effect of i think it was with chromium that like finest was the first year that they that they had it but it was like 92 and football and it wasn't popular oh, really? and it wasn't popular at all and then and then 93 baseball released and then it started picking up speed, steam huh. um 
I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what I read. Uh, don't don't quote me on that. I'm, but I'm pretty sure that was that was uh, that's the one. And I, I didn't know that. And yeah. it is funny how something like you know you think of finest and being kind of the first of its kind and uh, extremely popular and all that and all that stuff. But it wasn't actually when it was at least first released. And maybe that was the product or the timing or who who knows. But interesting. Um, it is funny I also how those think things happen. It's interesting. Such a fork in the road that um, the company that came up with the Chromium thing for cards offered it to Upper Deck first. And Upper Deck was like, no, we're, we're all in on holograms. So I think it's it's hilarious how they they chose that. And really? looking at these lists, uh, yeah, they were because Upper Deck had just done uh, Griffey and then they had Jordan, you know, endorsement. And then they had the big uh, Shaq year. And so they were like very much the, the leading um, leading edge of sports cards at the time. But yeah. Uh, they chose wrong. It turns out tops, <laughs> top spot the chromium thing, and and it went from there. Yeah, interesting. I, and we were discussing yesterday how looking back at these lists, it, it's hardly any upper deck. It's almost all. I mean, I would say number one is Skybox in terms of the retroactively awesome insert sets, but then then it's a lot of tops and Fleer. There's there's hardly any other upper deck other than the game jerseys. I think. Yeah, yeah, it, it is interesting. Uh... Because like like you like going back to my youth again, I was more more baseballs then. But I mean, upper deck was there. I mean, there were there were different years when other sets were like popular and everything. But if you just had to just pick a, a manufacturer, like if, and just say like who's the best card manufacturer? At least back then, I hundred percent would have said upper deck. Um, yeah. But it's funny thinking back, like it's not it's not necessarily the way we feel about it now. At least in terms of like the kind of cards that you and I are interested in from from the nineties. Yeah, for sure. So do you want to talk about some, you did more of the research on the modern cards. What, what do you have to say about those? Yeah. So, you know, I started with the, the more rare, like the, the more rare stuff, like right? the stuff that we would call now like short prints or super short prints or whatever, because the prompt was, you know, about Jambalaya, which as you mentioned, was what, what one in 720 packs or something like that. Yep. And unfortunately, we obviously we don't have pack odds or any of those kinds of things. But I was looking at a bunch of different a bunch of different of those that I you know I hear a lot about or or um, have seen and think are really cool. And and there's a lot like every you know every single um, basically every single non prism mosaic you know set has these these kind of case hits or SSPs or or whatever. Um, it's in, almost impossible, not impossible, but it, you know, it's pretty difficult to know the print run or, you know, how many there actually are and, and all those kinds of things. But some of the, some of the ones I came up with as sort of the, the leading candidates to be extremely popular still, you know, 20, 25 years from now are, um, downtown, right. Which was first in, in 2016 studio and then Panini cornerstones and, and then now more recently one and one. And then even, uh, I, I don't keep up with football, but I'm pretty sure they're in like Don, is it Donruss? Uh, I don't know. Maybe those are, Kab- I, I don't so. know. Maybe Kaboom. Maybe it's Kaboom. Maybe Kaboom yeah. is. Uh, so speaking of Kaboom, that's another one, right? That was also has changed sets. That was in started in innovation and then Excalibur and then, uh, more recently in crown Royale, um, then stained glass, right. From mosaic. And well, it used to be used to be in innovation, uh, innovation, and, yeah. and then I'm not sure. I think if there was a gap in it, maybe there was. I think I have it written down somewhere, but I think it was like a six year gap. It was quite quite a bit um, before they brought it back, and uh, and then a couple Court Kings ones. One of them I know is uh, pretty popular, but also extremely expensive. Um, and then one is I don't know if it's as talked about as the others, but it's it's actually my personal favorite of all of these. So the first is the blank slate. Um, 
I know I I just have to guess like by the uh, by the prices and everything because yes they are really cool and I have seen them in person and and I get the appeal and all of that but they're they're pretty pretty expensive I think it's like a thousand dollars plus right for a for a LeBron for instance so. aren't they just in like international retail or something something strange like that they're not in hobby uh I don't know I don't know about okay. that. I don't know about I'm that. I'm pretty sure they're they're scarce in a strange way. Anyway, go ahead. Um, I have okay. I thought I pulled some some prices for um, blank slates, but maybe I didn't. Um, but anyway, I, I believe they're pretty expensive, just as some of these others are, um, are, are even more so. And then the one that I, that I, I like a lot, um, and there's actually an interesting reason that I like it, maybe maybe more than some of these others, is Aurora from Court Kings. Um, and so I, I kind of looked at all of those and just kind of started thinking, doing the same kind of process that you did with some, some of those nineties cards, right? Like what is, what is interesting about them? And, and it kind of runs the gamut. One, um, one thing I, I noticed though, was like, there's no, for these, there's no lenticular, right? Or the, you know, stained glass is the only one that's really shiny per se, but downtown. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Well, well not, not shiny. I guess shimmery. Kaboom, Kaboom is shiny. Kaboom is shiny. Stained glass is shimmery, <laughs> if we can yeah. say it that way, maybe. Um, but you know, Aurora blank slate, like there's not a lot of shiny there. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I really didn't come up with anything. One thing I noticed though is something you and I have talked about a lot, like just in general, with like I things that catch our eye is like cool, cool photography. Um, and I started looking at these. I was like, all of these are silhouettes of the player, right? They're not in-game action shots, or maybe they're in-game action shots, but there's nothing else. There's no court. There's no no hoop, no no defender, right? It's all just like a, the player with a background. Uh-huh. Um, but then scrolling up in our document and looking at the ni- a lot of these 90s one, 90s ones, it's really the same thing. It's very yeah. very Other very. Than, few. I mean, you can see like a hoop on Duncan Go Nuts, and and Beam Team actually has and a Beam picture Team, in yeah. the background. But, but otherwise, yeah, they're the same. Yeah, so I, I kind of thought maybe that was uh, that was uh, something to look into. Now I'm thinking maybe not. Um, but yeah, so other than these, like first of all, I guess just in general, like what do you think about these? I, I have some ideas on like what makes them appealing. I, I think a lot of it is the well, I have some ideas on that, but I'm curious. Like, what do you think of these these cards? I know you're less into the uh, you know the more ultra modern type stuff, but I'm not not into them they're just super expensive so i if i was going to spend that i'm i have more nostalgia for these things from the 90s and in a lot of cases they would be cheaper um i guess looking through these sets i i think the new stained glass kind of sucks like i like the I old agree. innovation ones but i i don't think these stained glass ones really belong on this list for me um i i think i overall i think i do like kaboom to me they're the most analogous with the 90s they've kind of got a a kitschy sort of over the top everything about them i like the um you know like the comic book hero sort of art to it yeah. i like that it's that it's art like it's not it's not pictures of the players necessarily it's art i think that's cool and unique um i like the idea of downtown the imp- implementation of them a lot of times i'm like well you you put a bridge in a river with damian lillard so i guess that's portland but it's not as distinct as I would like it to be. So I don't know. I kind of like the idea of downtown, but I don't think they quite nail it for me. Agree. Um, Blank Slate, I guess, kind of is analogous to me to the um, like Platinum Portraits kind of thing. It's sort of just a classy sort of um, card. I don't know that I want to pay $1,000 for what's basically a canvas look with a picture of a player. Um, That's about all there is to it, but it, it is a good idea. I'm just not sure. Nothing is different about it from year to year. Um, and then 
I think I like Aurora, but I'm not in, as into it as you. It's just like kind of a big splash of color, but I'm not sure what, um, yeah, I don't know what it has to do with basketball necessarily or, or what's really different from year to year. Um, so from oh, this an, list, I, I guess I, I'll tell you like, what, oh, oh, sorry, I'll let you go ahead. I was just going to say from the list, I guess Kaboom is my favorite. And, and then maybe selectively, if, if I happen to have one that connected with me, I could see downtown, uh, being something I'm into, but, but in general, I, when I've looked at particular cards, I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. I think I like that. Yeah. So I agree with a lot of your points. Like one, the, the Kaboom uh, thing that, I mean, I definitely see why they're popular and uh, exciting. Like you said, it's kind of the, the art rather than just the, you know, photo is pretty cool. The, um, it, you know, it's nice and shiny. It's got these like big starbursts and everything like that's, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool card for sure. Uh, stained glass is my least favorite. Also of these, if it was in if they did something to like actually make it like maybe like acetate or some some kind of yeah. something to Which make it more the, like the innovation ones glass. are yeah yeah I, I would like that way way better um and well to your point i mean they they did that but more recently you know thinking about 2018 forward right it, it's just it's just not uh i don't know i, I like those the yeah. least i also like the idea of downtown like if i if i could choose any of them i think downtown is probably my favorite like idea or design um but like you i'm not i don't feel like i always nail it and maybe it's just uh I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you're too close to the city, like you, you just kind of like, know like this is not, this is not it. So I'll give you an example. There's a Dirk downtown. I, I can't remember what year it is. Maybe 2017 or 16 or 18. It's, it's been a couple of years. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's a, a big blue must, a uh, big blue horse, right? And then a huge blue um, horseshoe behind him. And it looks like the Indianapolis Colts. Like it looks as if Dirk plays for the Colts, and it drives me crazy. What's it supposed to be? What's that indicating? Well, I guess it's because the Mavericks uh, mascot is a is a uh, Mustang, oh, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and the Mavericks are blue, so I guess that's that's supposed to be like the the thing. And then there and then beyond that, there's a skyline behind it, which is not really the Dallas skyline, um, and it's kind of missing some of the. I don't, I don't. It's not like iconic, but like. The things that you first notice when you're driving into Dallas and you see and you see the Dallas skyline, there's a couple of things that everyone around here like knows about, and those aren't those aren't even in the the picture of the skyline. It drives me crazy. Um, but I do like I do think downtown is like the best idea. That's pretty neat. And it's funny, you, you know, you said you didn't see what changed really year to year on Aurora because, like you said, it is a lot of color, just kind of like a splash of color. But I actually think of all of these, they actually change the most year to year. Uh, in terms of design, but they they kind of maintain the thread, right? In terms of the color splash. Ooh, and... You cut out on me. What? Can you hear me? Uh huh. You can hear me. No, I can. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. With uh, Aurora, I actually think they they kind of change the most year to year. So I was surprised to to kind of hear you say that. Like the the thread is the same in terms of color splash and you know a lot of color, but you know in the background. Um, but I feel like the design like changes the most year to year beyond like Kaboom or Cornerstones or um not Cornerstones downtown or or uh, stained glass or whatever. So that, that's one yeah. of the things that appeals to me the most. I think there's a, a couple of really cool years of, of it. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Like when I look at them, especially the, the newest one looks very distinct from the other ones with the big Aurora text. And, and then that second year of it has kind of the white in the background, and whereas the rest of them go right to the edges with the color. Um, one, I'm, this color is making me think we probably should have discussed color blast, but um, yeah. I'd, I'd say that's another contender for this. But every year of that that I've seen looks the same. It's kind of this interesting white shiny card with a with a cool 
burst of color. I think there's a couple years where the background is black, but you know, that's not the one that could have been mentioned. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I, I think, you know, the more we, now that we're actually, so we've done a lot on a, on a, uh, document together, like a shared document where we are kind of looking at these and talking about it and everything. I think the more I think about it, the more I think like these ultra rare ones, right? The super short prints and stuff will probably maintain like, again, I'm not a big fan of the stained glass. I'd be surprised if that like continues to, to be like as revered. Uh, but these others I, I really like, plus the color blast and some of the, some of the other like really case hit type type ones, I think will certainly maintain their, their value and everything. Do you want to spend a, a little time talking about the maybe less rare inserts? that yeah. either are or are not popular and could they ever get there? Yeah, um, I think you're more familiar with them, but I'll follow your lead. One yeah. thing I just wanted to say, I noticed none of these are die cut. So that's, that's one thing that the 90s was all about that they don't do now. So I, I yeah, that's just something I wanted to mention. Yeah, you know, it's funny. So like I just watched a Crown Royale uh, uh, case break because I had bought into it, which I didn't didn't talk about it in the what's new. But, you know, obviously, like that particular set, there's a lot of die cut. Um, but I really don't love a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah, I agree. There's not not as not nearly as much die cut stuff. This um, now there there was a cool one. I'll have to find it and show it to you. But it's uh, basically a die cut of the um, Larry O'Brien with a player behind it and stuff. That was that was a pretty cool card. I had never seen that one. I'll, I'll send it to that you. That is cool. Yeah, I think Crown Royale is cheesy die cuts because it's all crowns and stuff and and did we really ask for that in cards i don't think so or uh, random clocks <laughs> or whatever yeah. yeah or snow globes snow globes yeah can't forget the snow Crown globes. royale is really bad isn't it other than if it wasn't for kabooms it, it's it's bad i'm not a fan yeah okay so let's talk about these um you know like what what could be analogous to scoring kings in the future not not rare but super popular yeah you know i i don't know that anything like to the point of novelty and stuff i'm really not sure that anything can like kind of catch the I, I i don't know uh the, the nostalgia i guess of, of scoring kings but there i think there's two in my mind that kind of stand out above the rest and i'm certainly not like an expert in this i don't watch all the case break or you know the box breaks and stuff like maybe others do but you know net marvels is one I think uh, it's got a decent a decent following. Some some years are really good. Other years I wasn't a fan of, like the the one where the outline, the background is like blue. That one that one wasn't as cool. Um, for me personally, I like Hoop Slam, and yeah, you know both of these are in like low level products, which is exactly what we're talking about, right? Like these less rare ones that have the potential to stay. Uh, and I think both of those are are actually, and we talk about novelty, are pretty novel, right? In terms of like one looks like a comic book cover, that's pretty interesting. One is a, it's funny, they're both sort of intended to look like magazine covers, but one is, uh, you know, remembering like the, the slam magazines and the different covers that they're on. I, I really like those too. Um, yeah. yeah what, one you, one thing ahead. that seems very different to me about it though, is at least when I've watched breaks of these products, they're in like every pack when yeah. you do, when you, I mean, it's only hobby, I think. So I guess that makes it more rare in a way but i don't know I, I feel like panini either does case hits or doesn't like they don't do the sort of mid-tier one in 36 packs kind of idea um so anyway that's just a distinction that to me the market's a little bit too flooded with them for them to to feel the same as um you know scoring kings or whatever you know, so, that's an interesting point it's something we actually haven't talked about as we were kind of uh, thinking about this but you know one in 36 packs nowadays like 
there's no there's no box that comes with 36 packs or 18 packs or or oh well, I mean I guess there are some like maybe Donner's does or something but right you know a lot of these like maybe it's eight packs right or yeah 12 or one <laughs> yeah so and it, and so that's like that reflects the junk wax era so maybe one in 36 packs for scoring kings there are there are fewer than one in every pack of dawn rests with the net marbles it's, it's possible that that's how much they were producing but it doesn't feel doesn't feel like it's as as uh much of a treasure to find when you when you know you're gonna get a bunch of net marbles when you open a product yeah, and the other thing too is like unlike I, I think, and you're gonna have to like tell me if this is right or wrong, but maybe unlike some of the '90s ones, right? There are parallels of these. Like hoops has the per, uh, the slam has the purple explosion and the hollow, right? And Net Marvels has the press proof and stuff like that. And maybe that uh, I, I don't know if they differentiate them enough or not, but you know I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe instead of talking about hoop slam, we should be saying hoop slam hollow or Net Marvels press proof. Yeah, or yeah, whatever. potentially that's more similar to what we're talking about. But then, but then again, it's kind of so like, all right, uh, real quick, let me run through a few others that I think are like kind of cool. Um, like Hoops Hypnotized, I actually like, and, and Hoopla, I like that one too. High Voltage can be cool. City Edition can be cool. Um, there's a, a, a newer, I think it's been in the last two years of Prism, but Prismatic is actually one of the, like the one insert that I actually like from, from Prism. Um, and then there's a lot of other rare ones that are pretty cool also that maybe don't have quite the following but are that i actually like quite a bit like panini black white knight and donner's night moves um also donner's has that animation so i sent that to you it's a lot like kaboom uh in in the sense that the player is like um cartoonized cartoon yeah yeah it's more like a cartoon right with the explosion background is pretty cool yeah and what Um, was that lenticular one you sent me uh, Donruss Elite Dimensions. There's actually two, I think it's two, maybe even three uh, inserts in Donruss Elite that are lenticular, but uh, those are pretty cool. Now, I've never yeah. held one, but I actually have added some searches for them because what I've seen of them, I actually really like them. And there's uh, some Dirks and Lucas and stuff in there that I might be interested in. Night Moves is pretty cool. It's kind of like Color Blast meets Aurora in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I kind of think Donruss Elite is kind of cool. And I, I think it. it sort of came out of, it's sort of the uh, predis, what's the right word? It came out of status in a lot of ways. And I, and I always thought status was cool too. Um, so anyway, I, I kind of like that track of Panini products. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually like Donruss Elite too. I've uh, I've owned a few, but nothing, nothing super, super exciting from it. But I, you know, I've, I have a very... I don't know what the list actually is, but there's probably not many boxes I would consider buying Elite as one of them. In fact, I was looking yesterday, the hobby you can get a hobby box for 200 bucks. Yeah, that doesn't seem bad. It's not not too not too bad, not 600 like Prism or whatever, right? So Yeah. Should we quickly let's talk about the parallels and autograph yeah. kind of thing. Um to me when we when we were going through this, I just kept thinking about how all of the popular products that Panini does don't have these distinct things like Prism optic even you know national treasures flawless they're either all about the parallels or all about the autographs and memorabilia um so i i kind of just feel like the i mean what the hobby has wanted apparently like what demand has produced is is this direction for panini so in some ways they can't compete with the inserts from the 90s in my opinion mostly just because that's not what people are looking for yeah um so and and I do think there's a lack of creativity there. They could they could try harder on you know prism and whatever. Like I've even 
you know, I, I watch uh, Pac-Man do his, like, card opening things, and he always complains about how uh, especially prison basketball has no interesting inserts at all for him. Um, so I think they could try harder. But I do think a lot of it is market-driven, that, that parallels, for whatever reason, are probably the most popular thing out there. Um, followed by autographs and RPA kind of thing. So I think it's just sort of choked out the insert uh, market in general. Yeah, I agree. And I also think like if you combine that with your earlier comment, I think there's something there about the the fact that a lot of these are, you know, they're, they're, that are chromium cards. Maybe there's maybe it's more difficult to get many multiple colors on them or uh, that, that look really good or, or something. Or it, maybe or maybe not. Maybe it is just that people just care about the parallels more, and that's the chase, and that's that's cool. Um, but I do wonder if there's something to that, right? Like the maybe the printing process for multiple uh, like vibrant colors on the chromium cards is like more difficult. I know on the base cards, like I think of I think it's mosaic that has give and go. Um, and I'm 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 like in my head I'm picturing a soccer card, but it's got several different um, colors in it, and it just doesn't look very good. The colors aren't very vibrant. It's kind of dull right on the on the on that chrome um and so i don't know if there's something there or not because they do they do a fine job with the the parallels those pop those look good um so anyway i don't, I don't know if yeah. it's that and the yeah. other thing i was thinking too like you're talking about parallels kind of choking out inserts both in terms of maybe popularity um and you know chaseability maybe it's the rainbow aspect or what but i think it's not just the in the sense that it's like more desired but that you know they're they're rare now right like so you can Point to a serial numbered parallel to 50 or 149 or 75, right? And say like, this is a rare card. It's cool to get, right? It's fun to it's fun to get yeah. a rare card. And a lot of these that we're talking about, one, aren't serial numbered. And especially like the more, um, the less super rare ones, more common type inserts, those aren't going to be serial numbered. And so like right. generally they're just uh, like inserts. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me get back to my point inserts used to be the rare thing in most sets right like right. especially before autos and before parallels became huge like yes there were parallels in the 90s and there were autos eventually in the 90s and game use and all that stuff but for especially the earlier years like the um you know beam team and stuff like that inserts were the thing that that you chased that, that was the the rare thing right yeah um and and, and finally, like today, every set has autos. Every set has rookie autos, patch autos, dozens of parallels. Even even the inserts have parallels, right? So it's like yeah. it just becomes, it just maybe it's just sort of watered down or something. But I do think that there are some that have some of the aspects and attributes that we, that we like about some of these 90s cards, like the novelty aspect. Um, it is tough to compete with the like one-hit wonders because, uh, and I totally get it from a business sense, but yeah, you know, if... if uh, Kaboom is popular. They're going to make it 15 years in a row, right? Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, I think it makes sense. And I do, after talking through this, I, I do think maybe Kaboom is a thing that I'm a little bit interested in. I do think the players they choose are weird. To me, like, thematically, Kaboom goes with a dunk. So why, why is Chris Paul in Kaboom sets? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I, I do think they choose strangely sometimes with Kaboom. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I think... It's also just like like you're saying with the scarcity and then I'm saying with the demand, it is so much more easy to just make a pink cracked ice version of something than to make an entirely different design of something. Um, so I get it when, when these parallels are so popular, that is a lot easier and doesn't require a new employee to graphic design. <laughs> um, so I get how you would be pushed in that direction. So um, I get annoyed by Panini, but I also get... It seems to me that people 
prefer the parallels. So why would you not do that? Yeah, you know, it's funny. So like, I think you made a great point too on like the players they choose. And I don't have the... Uh, can't remember the example i don't have it in front of me but one thing that i think that actually kind of waters some of these downs is the insistence of including oh i found it okay i found the example one is the assist, insistence on including rookies in these sets like yeah. i i get it and i can see why you know like people want to chase the the zion williamson kaboom right so that's 2019 zion had a kaboom and and uh you know jaw had a kaboom but you know who who else had one jared culver rj barrett oh, rj really? barrett yeah. right yeah deandre hunter Kobe White, Cam Reddish, right? Like, I, I don't understand the insistence to like include rookies before they've done anything. I And well, I do understand it. I totally understand yeah. it. Um, yeah. But but retroactively, it yeah, kind of sucks. Exactly. Um, I but mean, I, Kobe White obviously should have a kaboom. <laughs> Otherwise, I get your point. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I think it, you got to go, right? I do. I think but, we had a good good conversation here. I think we figured it all out. I think so too. I, I sorry, I didn't, didn't mean to like totally cut us off. But do you have any final points you you want to make on this? Any any ideas? Like, is the, is it possible that some of these um, can stand the test of time, like the like some of these ninety sets do? Yeah, I think some of them will stand the test of time. I don't think quite to the prestige of some of those nineties ones, but I, I think um, twenty years from now, uh, a LeBron kaboom is going to be very revered. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think Kaboom is probably like the best the best example of of all of these. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Are you going to be buying an Aurora soon? I'm trying. I'm curious I've, about that. I've got several searches set up for it. I don't know exactly which one I'm going for. I mean, obviously, there's a couple with Dirk. Um, that's that's kind of like tops on my list. They they're a little expensive. I haven't quite got myself there yet, but I, it is 100% on my buy list, which is another topic that hopefully we'll get to talk about sometime soon. Quick, one more thing. Is there a year you like the best? Uh, there are a few years I like a lot, although I don't know that I can tell you exactly what years they are right now. I think 2017 is a really cool one. Um, 2019 is pretty cool also. Not a big, not a huge fan of 2018. Um, and then this year's, I don't like at all. Uh, but okay. 17 and 19 are probably my two favorites, I think. Okay, cool. I every once in a while look at low-end kabooms. Like I, I look at Tim Duncan, I look at Chris Ball. So I might, someday I might do that. All right. Well, Nathaniel, this has been great, man. I had a great time and uh, it's been good talking to you as always. Yeah, this was fun, man. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. You too.